0: It's the first in season podcast for PlayerTrack.com. We've got the latest update from May 5th, and I'm going to take a look at all the statistics and come to some conclusions. I know you were thinking, Rob's not going to end up getting another in-season podcast again. And uh, you you were almost right, but not quite. I'm going to be looking at today the statistics. We've got the update at Playertrack.com. It is free, and you can get on-the-fly fantasy rankings according to the categories of your fantasy baseball league. In my opinion, it's the best service out there. Of course, I made it, so I'll be a little bit biased. But I think if you try it, you're actually going to enjoy it. And if there's more attention to it, uh, more users, more advertising revenue that comes as a result of it, then I may do updates more often than once a month. Uh, Usually at the beginning of the month. I was a little late this time. And what that would allow us to do is to to get better updates sooner than later. But for now, what I'd like to look at, and if you're at all familiar with this podcast or my fantasy baseball philosophy, I've been doing podcasting and and fantasy baseball websites really for the last decade, podcasting in particular since early 2006, Um, so five years. And uh, my fantasy philosophy is developed where batting arms and balls in play and contact rate for batters are hugely important. So what we're going to look at this week, uh, this particular podcast, number five for the 2011 season, is I'm simply going to look at the players with the highest contact rate and the lowest batting average on balls in play. And what does that mean? Well, that means that they have nowhere to go but to improve in terms of hitting and they've suffered from a ton of bad luck. And we've I'm in my money league, I'm actually doing pretty well. I mean, I've actually been near the top. Right now, I'm sitting at third place here at the beginning of May, or heading into the middle of May, and uh three or four of my players actually appear in like the top fifteen. Uh so I, I have nowhere to go but up, I think, I'm, and these are pretty good indicators for me. And one of those players comes in at number one. Now, this is a guy who's played eight games at second base, uh, 16 games at third base. The problem is that not in addition to fantasy owners being incredibly frustrated with Jose Lopez of Colorado, that's who I'm talking about now, I would say that the Colorado brass is pretty upset with him. And if they're not paying attention to these kind of peripherals, if he's not, and he's just pressing and gets more and more frustrated, then he could be a problem. But if he keeps it together, just keeps focused, as long as he continues making contact with the ball, he will get he will turn the ship or right the ship. He has two home runs on the season as of May 5th with 78 at-bats. His batting average was 141 with a single stolen base, a 152 on-base percentage. So he's not walking. There's no excuse for that. And he was struck out. Uh, 10 times but that means that translates to a contact rate of 87 percent now the league average um, among the players here that i'm looking at with a minimum of one game played and 50 at bats the league average batting average on balls in play 295 which is a little lower than um, general league average was about 10 points higher about 305 so right now it's 295 And if 295 is batting average on balls in play, we look at Jose Lopez's 136. Now, in past years, Jose Lopez showed some some power potential, Uh, although he only had 10 home runs last season and almost 600 at bats. He had 25 the year before. His batting average on balls in play last year was 255 through the season. It was 274 through 2009. Both of those very low, but in 2008 it was 311. If we look at 2007, 269, at 2006, 312. So he's across the board, but safely you can say that this guy's batting average of balls in play is 275. Let's be really conservative. okay? I think that's really conservative. So if that's the case, you bump up his average about 140 points, and he could be close to 280. That's the reality. I think he should be hitting about 280 right now, and by season's end, that's what he's going to do if he doesn't press. So Jose Lopez, I think, is a great buy-low opportunity, an incredible buy-low opportunity, and probably a guy that the owners have given up on, and you more likely than not would be able to find him on the free agent wires. I'd look for him if you have room, if you're looking for a cheap source at second base, because that is a slim position and, and very tough. I don't think I'd put him in my third base spot. And I'm sticking with him in my money league right now. There's uh, Drew Butera, who has replaced Joe Maurer after Joe Maurer went out for a while. No power, really, to speak of. Uh, but, and and uh, his batting average was just terrible at 111. But he had an 81% contact rate, which was about league average, just above league average, actually. 81% league average here in this set of 281 players I'm looking at. 80% is the average. And yet his batting average and balls in play, 136. So Drew should get better, assuming that he keeps the job. He'll be gone anyway by the time Maurer comes back. Uh, Tyler Colvin, someone else getting some time, 26-year-old for the Cubs, has played uh, some outfield in a few games at first base. A 132 average and exactly that as a batting average and balls in play. And yet a contact rate of 75%. Not somebody I'm looking at. But Jorge Posada with the catcher. Eligibility is only playing DH now, but still has the catcher eligibility, hitting 154. No one's given up on him. I would say because you'd love to get six home runs through May 5th with from the catcher position, and uh, certainly, you know the fact that that uh, he's walking with uh, 230 on base percent is notwithstanding a 154 batting average. His batting average in Boston play, 133. A great buy low opportunity if the owner isn't paying attention to power. I don't think you can buy low here because of the position. If you have Jorge Posada, don't get frustrated. He will write that ship in batting average. Dan Johnson somebody too. A lot of people frustrated. Dan Johnson uh, may very well uh, get knocked off there at Tampa. I know Tampa is is already frustrated with him, but the reality is he's been a very unlucky hitter. The unfortunate thing for Dan, you know, baseball is a sport in fantasy as well as real life of what have you done for me lately. And notwithstanding the fact that he's had a lot of bad luck, he has Casey Kochman, who's a very solid player who hasn't lived up to his potential, backing him up and getting a lot of playing time over him, over Dan Johnson. And in the last seven days, Casey Kochman has hit like 420, so... I'm not sure that Dan Johnson is going to get that opportunity again. It's really going to depend on whether Casey Kochman falls back down. Uh, But Casey Kochman, I really believe in his prime, which is about where he is right now, is a 300-hitter. And um, unless Dan Johnson starts showing them when they do give him some starts, and he's lost a lot of start opportunities in the last few weeks, if they give him some starts again, he's got to produce, and he's got to get more than that one home run, or you know we're not going to see a lot of Dan Johnson this year. But somebody to keep keep a lookout on, I would say, but not somebody that I'd recommend in particular at this point because of Kochman. Angel Pagan, the guy who was just came out of nowhere last season, uh, the player track overall 25th outfielder, overall player in all of player track, 60th player last year. Primarily because of a 290 batting average and 37 stolen bases. Well, as of May 5th, he had a 159 batting average and four stolen bases. That's primarily due to a batting average and balls in play of 169. He's actually striking out less this year than he did in 2010, and I believe has the potential to be just as good of a player last season as he uh, or this season as he was last season. And I don't think you're going to see much of a huge drop-off from him. And why I say that is in 343 at-bats in 2009, Angel had 352, 352 batting average and balls in play, Last season was 333. Even if we go down to a league average where it will be about 300, he has uh, about a 140-point jump, which puts him there again in the 290s. So that is where Anjo will be by season's end. I would think that's a great time for a buy-low opportunity for him as well. Another buy-low, this is one of the guys on my Money League team, but he's got his power, much like Posada, because he can qualify at catcher. If you have in-season rules of five appearances at catcher, Matt Napoli, Mike Napoli has appeared at six times as of May 5th, so he qualifies at catcher this year as well as qualifying at first base. Six home runs makes him very attractive. The 214 average, not so attractive. The 371 on base percentage is excellent. And when we consider the fact that his batting average in Boston play is 167, then I think we're we're gonna do okay with Mike Napoli by season's end. And, and although he hit two 38 last season he hit 272 before that 273 before that his batting average of balls in balls play last season was 283 so let's be conservative and say he'll get the same then he very well could hit uh in the high 200s if he gets back to uh his, his normal uh is normal batting average on balls in play, believe it or not. And a lot of pitchers are not throwing pitches at him. They're afraid of him. His power should continue. And 30 home runs for Mike, another 24 through the rest of the season, I don't think is completely out of the question. So, Mike, hang on to Mike if for any reason you're you're worried. Maglio Ordonez, generally a very good hitter, has been a very good hitter the last few years, hitting no less than 300 since uh, really 2006. And I'm looking at 2005. He had 300. He's a 300 hitter. 2006, uh, he had 298 and 593 at-bats. Last season, 303. The season before, 310. He's just an injury risk. That's the deal with old Maglio. But Maglio has been with his 181 average through May 5th. A 192 batting average on balls and play, notwithstanding an 89% contact rate. Maglia will write that ship for sure. Somebody who also is on my Money League, we're looking at Alex Rios. Alex Rios had a classic bad luck year in uh, 2009, actually. And he proved me right in 2019 at 247 with a 277 batting average on balls in play. His batting average on balls in play last year went up to league average, a little bit above at 309 when he hit 284. Now we're down at the 189 batting average on balls in play with a 184 average. You didn't get uh, you didn't get this kid because he would walk, but you know what he has, you know, that's that's the kind of cool thing. And his power really hasn't translated too much just yet. But I, I think that uh, 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases for Alex Rios in his sleep and very well uh, we will see uh, 270-ish average, I would say, for Alex Rios also. Matt Tolbert plays for Minnesota. Minnesota's had a lot of problems, a shortstop position, and shortstop is slim. He's not anybody, admittedly, that I'm paying a lot of attention to. You know, 198 at-bats in 2009, he had two home runs. You know, there's no, no power there. He had 230 last season with 279 batting average on balls in play, 277 batting average on balls in play with 200 at-bats in 2009. So he hasn't really proven himself. The thing is, he had a 90% contact rate in his 50 at-bats uh, that he had had through May 5th. Um, I would say that once uh, we see Nishioka come back uh, from the fracture, that he had right in the beginning of the season, that uh, Tolbert's a non-factor. But let it be known that his troubles and his 180 average have been substantially because of bad luck. Miguel Tejada, he's an old man, 37 years old. He's also an, an unlucky old man. Batting average in balls in play only 206. His normal contact rate is high at 91%, and his batting average to May 5th was 196. He'll get better. Just got to keep that opportunity as long as nobody's waiting in the wings for him and, and that uh, San Francisco won't knock him out. And I, I don't think San Francisco's too uh, too frustrated just yet that he's going to lose time. He'll write that ship, and, and I think they know it. Carlos Lee is a guy, 35 years old. A lot of people uh, think that... It, is on the downswing of his career and I guess age-wise it's true he didn't particularly lose any weight coming in but remember he hit 24 home runs last year the year before 26 the year before that 28 and 32 it came down so he has three home runs through May 5th he's going to get 20 very easily probably closer to 25 and what's the deal with his batting average on balls in play only 206 last season it was 239 so the 246 average he had last year is aberrational his owners may believe that the 207 he has or the 246 that he hit in 2010 is what they're going to expect. Don't do it. If you this is a great buy-low opportunity, I think. Don't let go of Carlos if you have him. If Carlos is on the waiver wires and you're in need of an outfielder or a cheap first baseman or corner infielder, I would say he's a great option. And I really think you should consider old Carlos. I'm hanging on to him. 90% contact rate. His batting average and balls and plays generally just under league average, which means that he should be hitting two eighty. Um, 280, 290, or it could I wouldn't be surprised to see him at three hundred again like he did in two thousand nine. I don't care what people say. I know a lot of people are gonna boo me on that. But his uh, contact rate is exactly the same. It's always 90% or about there. It has been. It was 91% in 2009. Last year, 90%. And through May 5th, it was 90% again. Doesn't strike out that often and uh, gets on base. So I dig Carlos. Carlos is going to give fair power and I'd say buy low. And let's move on. Carlos Santana. One of the better catcher players in the league. A lot of folks uh, frustrated with him, and he will write that ship, believe me. Uh, he's walking, 19 times he walked, uh, 21 times struck out, though. That's somewhat problematic, so his contact rate at 78% isn't all that wonderful. But the 197 batting average on balls in play will definitely get better. And Carlos, I believe, uh, is is pretty much a lock to hit uh, what he hit through his 150 at-bats last season before his injury of 260-ish. Easy, and and with a lot of upside. Power is there, and uh, that's where you're going to reap the benefits from Carlos Santana. Jorge Cantu comes on this list. Uh, we've got Johnny Gomes, and and I know Johnny Gomes is uh, has had some good games recently, so somebody to look at. Uh, definitely... Uh, Vernon Wells is on this list and in particular Adrian Beltre. I tried to Adrian Beltre comes in number 21st on this list with a 223 batting average and balls and play 90% contact rate. It's no secret if you've listened to me the last 6 years or so I was a Dodger fan and to watch him in the contract year hit like 41 home runs and then, you know, just just bust out when he needs a contract that he appears to be that kind of p- player that needs a contract in order to do well and he got his contract. He had a great season last season I thought was attributable to the fact that he had to work for a contract. He got it, but he's not this bad. The power that he's shown through May 5th, seven home runs, very exciting and shows that that he means business. And at 32 years old, he's he's right at that peak, and uh, I dig him. So I dig him through the rest because he's doing all this—a 2.46 average with a 2.23 batting average on balls in play. He should be hitting 300. So if if he should be hitting 300 with normal luck and seven home runs through uh, through uh, the beginning of May, then you're looking at a player who should be ranked at the top cream of the crop. That's special. Justin Morneau, someone uh, that qualifies here as someone who's had a lot of bad luck. Ian Kinsler, certainly Troy Tulowitzki. I'm still very high in Troy Tulowitzki. Power finally came in. He normally has terrible Aprils, and his April was actually pretty darn good. Hitting 261 through May 5th, notwithstanding a 232 batting average on balls in play. So I I think he's fantastic. Adam LaRoche is number, another guy that comes here. Aubrey Huff. And here's number 32. Albert Pujols, yep, two fifty-two batting average. You know that ain't gonna stay the same, so I don't really need to talk to him about him. Dan Ugla has some problems. Sean Figgins, certainly, Carl Crawford has. He's gonna write that ship. Kelly Johnson and uh, going through the top fifty. Hanley Ramirez actually appears here, two hundred average. Don't worry about that. Two thirty-five batting average on balls and play. Um, and this, this is a rule of 27 years, so that ship. If somehow you could buy Hanley low, go for it. I can't see that happening. Rajai Davis finally came out and did exactly what he needed to do. He's number 50 here on this list, seven stolen bases. And I'll throw out one last one because Brandon Belt was playing first base for San Francisco, got sent back down. And uh, the first week of the season hit a, I think it was a three run home run against my Dodgers. So I thought, wow, I have Brandon Belt actually on my money league team. And I thought, well, maybe this was a great pick, but he had some bad luck, 237 batting average on Boston play through his 52 at-bats before he was sent down, translated to a 192 sub-Mendoza batting average, and that was a problem. But he's tearing it up in A. We'll see him soon, and if uh, San Francisco is looking at these figures, they should know that Brandon was the recipient of some bad luck and will be very, very good when he comes back up. Really, uh, someone that, that I would buy low if you can, and probably in a lot of waiver wires. Now I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to take a look at pitchers. And I'm look at the categories of players with low ERA and low WHIP and a batting average on balls and play that is ridiculously low, meaning that it's more likely going to regress or progress and come back up to league average of uh, uh, fielding independent pitching indicating that somebody's ERA is uh, much higher than it than it should be, reflective of uh, it's it's fielding independent pitching. It doesn't consider the fielding factor, just the pitching in and of itself. And then I'm going to take a look at uh, the strand rates. The higher the strand rate, the luckier the pitcher has been. And so, in in five game starts with Arizona, Armando Galarraga tops this list, moving from Detroit and a terrible ERA of 5.46 and a terrible WHIP of 1.39. And when you consider his batting average in Boston play was 213 and a strand rate of 93%, uh, danger, Will Robinson. Stay away from Armando Galarraga, which you probably are already, but it's only going to get worse. Moving on, looking at more starters, we got Colby Lewis. Colby Lewis, I uh, was asked at Fantasy Baseball Index Magazine to predict who would I rather have, C.J. Wilson or Colby Lewis? Speaking of CJ Wilson, I made a trade. Take a look at the player website in the player track league where I'm kind of getting socked around because I lost Josh Hamilton, you know, right at the beginning. So my power stinks I've had some difficulties with some of my pitching I think that's a league where I have Giovanni Gallardo who's showing signs of actually the greatness that I expect out of him and I have Zach Granke coming back so that's good and I, I brought him up this week had a decent game yesterday so you know I've I've had some issues and so I got CJ Wilson and, and I wonder what you think of that trade so please comment let me know you can email me at rob at com or check out com and look at the latest blog entry before this podcast and let me know what you think. But anyway, back to Colby Lewis. I said that I felt that C.J. Wilson was a better option, and Colby, and it proved me right, because Colby Lewis uh, was not a very good player until he moved to Japan, and now he's 32 years old. So he had a couple of years in Japan where he's lights out, striking out. He comes back to the U.S., and he's striking out everybody, looking amazing. Well, he's still making decent strikeout rate, I guess. He had 31 and 38 innings. But a 5.21 ERA, a 1.32 whip, is that as a result of bad luck? No. He's actually had a good amount of good luck. An average uh, strand rate, let's see what the strand rate is for most pitchers right now. 74%. So strand rate at 80% is above league average and a 245 batting average on balls in play and I don't think Colby's getting better. It's only going to stay the same and maybe get worse. Number 7, Chris Young. Has had some bad luck or has has had some good luck actually. Uh 1.880 ERA. Now he's on the DL again, so you know, we've got injury problems with Chris Young. I I you got to give up on him at some point in time. I'm talking to myself. I have him in uh, a Fantasy Pros 911 uh league that I'm in uh, led by uh Marcus Potter. Actor in New York. Hi, Marcus. I don't. I doubt you listen to this, but I'm gonna say hi anyway. But Chris Young is a interesting player, but he's had a lot of a lot of luck. One fifty three batting average on balls in play. Not gonna continue. Ninety five percent strand rate, and you get the injury factor. Chris Young the rest of the way. Not somebody that I'm attracted to, but you know he's been great in the past, and certainly his strikeout rate uh, is is remarkable. I need to say that twenty two strikeouts through twenty four innings was excellent. That's the bottom line. Luke Hoshivar, been actually lucky. Believe it or not, was 5.48, 1.24, 5.48 ERA, 1.24 whip, stay away, um, continuing down. Alexi Gondo, somebody in my money league picked him up. I think it's a huge mistake. Uh 92% strand rate, a 183 batting average and balls in play. Things are not gonna be good for him the rest of the way. Uh Ed, Edinson Volquez does not look good or interesting. Eric Berdard, seventy-four percent is about a league average. Batting average and balls in play, two fifty-seven. No real signs that he's gonna get better, although his last doubting that I recall was was fairly decent. Francisco Liriano comes at a 16, and I think this is before his no hitter. So he just had a no hitter, and congratulations to Francisco on that, and certainly Justin Verlander also. Um, but uh, it, things don't spell very well for him. 59%. A strand rate, though, is is good, meaning there's there's chance for improvement that if he can bring that up, then the ERA can come down. But a 5.77 whip is not that far below what his 6.61 ERA was through May 5th. The 228 batting average on Boston play is going to get worse. So Francisco, I, 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 it's still up in the air. You know, I don't know what his problem is. It was very nice to see him get a no-hitter, though, and I'm sticking with him in uh, one of my leagues for sure. Uh, John Garland comes in, uh, came back from uh, starting the season on the DL, 3.81 ERA, 1.04 whip, but a 74% league average strand rate and a very low 2.11 batting average in and play. Things aren't going to look good there. Clay Buchholz also already has regressed stats. Uh, he had such a great season last season, but a lot of the pundits, including myself, said that he just can't continue it, and he's been very lucky. And that's pretty much the case here as well. There is a little bit upside with him because batting average in Boston play is kind of high at 300. The strand rate not too much higher above league average at 81 percent. But I, you know, Clay is going to be a, a four-plus ERA pitcher. His WHIP will be more like one three five to one And you know, if you didn't get him for that, then you know that's on you. What can I tell you? Zach Britton, a lot of had a great start to the season for Baltimore. Six starts through May fifth, two point six three ERA, 1.19 WHIP, but a two twenty five batting average on balls in play, eighty three percent strand rate doesn't spell well the rest of the way. And when you got a, a K through nine rate of under five, just not a solid pitcher, and a guy I'd stay away from. Javier Vasquez can't right the ship, and things are only going to get worse for him as it proved yesterday he had a terrible outing. Josh Beckett's got some issues here in the top fifty. Uh, Ricky Nolasco too. You know, Ricky in Alaska, 3.35 ERA, 1.07 WHIP. You start thinking, oh, he's finally doing what everyone expected that he would do, but a 254 batting average on balls and play, 80% strand rate, and a, a just a, a just over six K through nine rate. I don't know, I. I I'm not that excited about him just yet. It's just nice to see them get stats that were expected before. So I think that will get my feet, back wet, uh, feet wet again here in the in-season with PlayerTrack. Take a look, keep up to date at playertrack.com with the latest rankings, and you can always go to a player profile, ask a question about a particular player, and I'd be more than happy to give you an answer. It's free, and uh, I made it free so that we'd get more people coming to the party more people joining us in the fantasy baseball jacuzzi that's playertrack.com so please come on down uh in other news i actually just finished a christian worship album i I do that on the side i'm the worship leader at lifehouse church in northridge california that's at roscoe and rosita come and join us we have a nine o'clock contemporary worship that i am there most weeks would love to see you And uh, I have a worship CD I put out of 12 songs for free. You can download at noisetrade.com slash robreed, R-O-B-R-E-E-D. And if you want a bunch of free music, there are, I think, hundreds of free CDs on there that you can get that that aren't just Christian. They're they're contemporary, alternative, country, a lot of various things. And I would definitely encourage you to check out noisetrade.com. Also, check out vividseats.com, a very loyal... Advertiser here with PlayerTrack.com and BaseballGeeks.com. I'm Rob Reed of PlayerTrack.com and BaseballGeeks.com. You'll be hearing some updates of uh, players in my fantasy league there at PlayerTrack.com, asking them some questions. After I hear from some folks, hopefully, you email me about my trade or post about my trade, the CJ Wilson, where I got A Rod and I gave up Tim Lincecum. That's the deal. I wonder what you think about that. Uh, When I hear about that, I might very well interview the kid. Or the guy in the, the the player track league with me who I made that deal with and we'll revisit that maybe in a few weeks and see who regrets what. So God bless, have a great week, and hopefully I'll uh I'll get another one of these out before September. What do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna aim for uh, the next few weeks. Comments are always appreciated. Suggestions for improvement of playertracks.com site are always appreciated at Rob at playertrack.com. Take care.